Amelia Earhart kept her plans to become the first woman to fly alone across the Atlantic a secret, only to have them leak just before taking off from New Jersey to begin making her way to Newfoundland, where she was going to begin her historic solo flight to Ireland. So imagine the surprise of Atlantic Canadians when they learned that the world-famous pilot was already in the air, flying towards their city to spend the night there as she prepared to make history. You're listening to Backyard History, the hidden stories that happened in your own backyard. The podcast version of the weekly history column running in newspapers across the Maritimes with your host and author, Andrew McLean. Amelia Earhart's plans had only leaked just as she took off from New Jersey mere hours before. But by the time she landed in St. John, frenzied crowds and reporters were there to meet her. When her airplane landed at the old St. John Airport in Milledgeville, wild crowds pushed through police lines and rushed to her plane to catch a glimpse of the record-breaking woman pilot. Her plane had only barely come to a stop when excited St. Johners began climbing all over it, peering in the windows, hoping to get a look at the famed aviatrix. She seemed warmly amused by their enthusiasm, sitting on top of her airplane with them and chatting at length with the people about anything and everything they asked, except the plans for her flight's route. All she said about her plans was, My plans are infinite. The Telegraph Journal newspaper printed some of the questions St. Johners asked her and her answers. Are you worried at all? No, it would be awful to worry. You're pretty confident of success. I suppose it's in the lap of the gods. What are you going to eat flying the Atlantic? Do you have some sort of compressed food tablets? You don't get very hungry on a flight of this sort. I guess I'll just drink some tomato juice. Another referred to a recent article by a British aviatrix who said that any woman who tried to fly across the Atlantic would surely die. Does Lady Heat's prophecy cause you any worry? Not a bit. I can't see any reason why a woman properly qualified shouldn't fly the Atlantic as well as a man if she has a suitable plane and favorable weather conditions. Another referred to her recent marriage to a New York book publisher. How about your husband? Does he object to your starting a transatlantic flight? She smiled charmingly and replied, I do what I want to do. I don't interfere with his publishing, and he doesn't interfere with my flying. The level of fame and thirst for any and all things about her meant that anything she did say in conversation with St. Johners became a news story. Some of which were actually rather silly, like the headline, Amelia Earhart, devotee of sports. That headline came about because a St. Johner asked her if she would like to go horseback riding with him, and she replied, I do like horseback riding. It's my favorite sport, aside from flying. She would stay the night at the Admiral Beattie Hotel, and every minute detail of her stay would become a new headline. Amelia Earhart dines on fresh grilled lobster. Amelia Earhart goes to bed at 10 p.m. And if you don't think I'm going to sleep, just try and wake me up between now and 5 a.m. Amelia Earhart's mechanic goes out drinking with PEI ace pilot W.W. Rogers at the Bing Club. Amelia Earhart rises at 5 a.m. Amelia Earhart breakfast on ham and eggs. And the gushing headline from the St. John Evening Times Globe, She Likes Our City. 
She was driven to the St. John Airport at 6.20 a.m., where hundreds of people were waiting to see her off. Her every move was watched by the public and reported all over the world from there. At first, she was calm and friendly, laughing and chatting with the mechanics, but later she grew serious and quiet. There was a fog rolling in. After about two hours of waiting, she received a telegram from New York City from a Dr. Kimball, who she nicknamed the Weatherman, and whose forecasts alone she trusted. Weather fine at Harbor Grace, it read. The Evening Times Globe newspaper swooned that she flashed one of her infectious smiles. Her wind-blown blonde hair fell in curls all over her forehead. Attired in a leather jacket, she waved goodbye to St. John. I'd really like to stay here longer. However, this time I can't. I certainly will be back to St. John. It has been wonderful here. Everybody has been so good to us, and the surrounding country is really beautiful. She told the crowd before getting into her plane. Her destination was the small town of Harbor Grace in Newfoundland. It wasn't her first time using Newfoundland as a staging point to make history. Four years earlier, she arrived on a quest to become the first woman to fly across the Atlantic at all, along with a male co-pilot. Three women had attempted the feat before her, and all three had perished in the attempt. Amelia Earhart had arrived at the same time as a rival pilot, a flashy American heiress named Mibs Bowl who newspapers nicknamed the Diamond Queen of the Twenties. She was also planning the feat at the same time. The two of them spent several days in Newfoundland, stuck, waiting out some bad weather. While Mibs held court with her massive entourage in St. John's during the bad weather, Earhart went alone to an all-girls school to give a talk to the students. While the girls were impressed by the pilot, the nuns teaching at that school were distinctly less so. They were aghast at Amelia's short hair, her brash manner, and most of all, that she was wearing tight-fitting flying pants. The outraged nuns withdrew her invitation to talk at the local all-boys school. As the wait in Newfoundland's bad weather dragged on, she began quarreling more and more with her male co-pilot, who she discovered had a severe drinking problem. Despite the weather being foggy and rainy, Amelia Earhart and her co-pilot started the journey anyway. 21 hours later, they landed in Wales. Mib's bowl never took off, remaining in St. John's. Amelia Earhart had departed Newfoundland as a little nobody from Kansas, but landed in England as a worldwide international celebrity quickly becoming a household name all over the world. On that 1928 flight, her male co-pilot was named William Stoles, and he ended up receiving the lion's share of the credit. However, it was widely rumored that he had too serious of a drinking problem to have actually piloted that plane, and it was really her that flew it. However, not everyone was impressed by that earlier 1928 flight. Some people claimed that she hadn't even flown it. The Evening Times Globe wrote that the haters on that first trip had provided her with the motivation for this solo 1932 flight. 
She was the only passenger, the scoffer said. Just baggage on the trip, the newspaper quipped. Her mother confirmed that it was indeed her motivation, saying, You know Amelia, the whole thing is really just a question of pride. There's no money in it, those days are gone. She got sick and tired of hearing that she was just baggage on the other trip. The Evening Times Globe went on to say, She just waited and bided her time until an opportunity arose in which she could show the world that she was capable in her own right. Taking only a thermos of chicken soup and seen off by a crowd of local people and the media, she took off from Harbor Grace, Newfoundland. The Telegraph Journal, which at time called itself the Maritime's greatest newspaper, sent their star reporter Stuart Truman to the scene. He wrote that Amelia Earhart stepped cool and composed into the cockpit of the plane before she turned to the assembled crowd and said, To all my friends, far and near, you will hear from me in 15 hours. Before she took off, reporter Stuart Truman handed her a copy of the Telegraph Journal to take with her to confirm the date and time that she'd taken off. The flight was one of the most difficult I have ever had, she would later say. During her flight, a crack appeared in the exhaust manifold of her plane, and flames darted out for much of the flight. Multiple of her flying instruments broke. She had to pass through a lightning storm. And in the last two hours, ice formed on the wings of her plane. 14 hours and 45 minutes later, she landed in a field in Ireland. A local cattle herder who saw the plane land was the first to arrive, finding her standing with her flying suit covered in gasoline that had leaked out during the flight. The perplexed farmer politely asked, Have you flown far? From America. Back in New Brunswick, the evening's time globe who seemed to be her biggest fans, ran the simple but triumphant headline, She Made It! Everyone knew who they were talking about. Now the airfield in Harbor Grace that Amelia Earhart took off from is overgrown and marked only by a small plaque with peeling paint on a rock, noting that it's a National Historic Site. Meanwhile, in the town of Harbor Grace, a statue of Amelia Earhart stands, commemorating her historic feat. That was Backyard History with your host, Andrew McLean. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another hidden story that happened in your own backyard. Produced by Jordan Lozier.